0: Remember to love God,
1: love people, and love life. I teach in series at Arvis because I don't want to just go through. We live, in a, we live in a time in the world where everybody is after a good show but no substance. And, and I don't just want to have a good show. I want to make sure you get substance. A good show gives you good rhetoric, but it doesn't give you results. Somebody say, I want results. So that's why I teach in series. Lift your Bibles out. Let's make our confession of faith together. I am unconditionally loved by God and at Harvest Church. I am in my year of acceleration, accelerated progress, accelerated faith. This year, all I do is win. In Jesus' name, Selah. We're going to look at a few scriptures today to help us detox during these 10 days of awe after the start of a new spiritual year. And uh, on Wednesday, if you don't know what I'm talking about, you've got to get Wednesday's message. Somebody say, I'm in a new spiritual year. You have moved from a year of preparation into a year of manifestation. Touch the neighbor and say, you're about to see what you prayed for. Say, you're going to see what you've given for. And to everybody who had a hell of a year, this last spiritual year, everything you cried about, you're about to see God give you some great progress. Say, it's time for progress. I don't know about you, but I'm tired of hearing about fruit. I want to see some. I'm tired of hearing about what's about to manifest. Somebody say, I've stepped into that year. It is the spiritual year 5779. Again, if you don't know what I'm talking about, you got to get that message. Nine is the number of birthing. It's the number of fruitfulness. It's the number of an end of a cycle. Say, that's where I'm at. On Wednesday, there were some things I gave you, and I just want to remind you uh, about uh, prayer, consecration, fasting, and repentance, and then uh, the sacrificial offering between last Wednesday and this upcoming Wednesday. So we're going to look at several scriptures, but today's message is designed to give you some practicality to this time that we're in. Say 10 days of awe. Uh, after the new spiritual year would begin, the Hebrews would go into 10 days of awe, where between Rosh Hashanah, the beginning of the new spiritual year, and the Day of Atonement, which is this upcoming Wednesday, uh, that they would do these things where they would really be in a detox, say a detox. In other words, they said, I'm not taking drama from last year into this year. I'm not taking, watch this, drama-filled people from last year into this year. I'm not taking the old me into this year. Somebody say, everything's new and it feels good father customize this word let nobody walk out of here with any questions answer every question customize this message as i'm speaking to many people make this message go to individuals and speak to their individual circumstances and situations we thank you that today as we are already in a new spiritual year that you give us the grace to detox Let go of some toxic people, toxic places, toxic things, toxic influence, toxic ideas, toxic anything's got to go. I said, it's got to go. And if it's in us, it's got to get the heck up out of us. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Everybody sit. Amen. You can be seated in the presence of the Lord. As you know, we're in this life-giving message series called Fall 4, where we're aimed at learning from the Bible how to maximize our failures, mistakes, and disappointments. Now, everybody up in here and everybody watching on every digital campus has had all three of those. Failure, mistakes, and disappointments. Some of us are coming out of failures, mistakes, and disappointments. Some of us are in failures, mistakes, and disappointments. And some of us, all we got to do is live until tomorrow failures, mistakes, and disappointments are part of life. Somebody said it's part of life. But the decision you and I have to make in advance is that we're not going to fall down, nor are we going to fall backward, but we're going to fall forward. And so there's this scripture we've been looking at these last few weeks in Proverbs 24:16 that says, for a righteous man may fall seven times and rise again. Now, righteous there, you may say, well, Bishop Foreman, I'm not righteous because I haven't done everything right. O-M-G-I-J-S. Righteous in the scripture, uh, that means, oh my goodness, I'm just saying. Uh, watch this, Uh, in the scripture righteous doesn't mean you and I did everything right, righteous means to be in right standing, and the Bible teaches us in Romans chapter 4 and several other places that when Jesus, 2,000 years ago God stepped in a body, that body was called Jesus Christ, the anthropos, the God man, 100% God, 100% man so much God you can believe he was a man so much man you can believe he was God, well when he died and paid the price for us he had lived a sinless life meaning he was 100% righteous so when you and I become Christians What we're doing is receiving from the life he lived and we get credit as if we lived it. It's called imputed righteousness, which means when God looks at us, he doesn't see all of our mistakes, failures, and disappointments. When God looks at us, he sees himself. And the Bible says he cannot deny himself. So the reason that I get to stand and as righteous today, is because I've done everything right, is because when he looks at me, he sees himself. And when he sees himself, he says, this is my son, this is my daughter, in whom I am well pleased. Which means you may have done everything they said you did, but you are not who they say you are. Why? He made me righteous, which means even in my mistakes, even in my disappointments, even in my failure, even in my filth. God looks at me and says, you're in right standing with me for a righteous man. So who is he talking to? Who's he talking to? He says, you may fall seven times, which means, in other words, Proverbs, which means wisdom. Wisdom is telling you you're going to fall. Why do we wear helmets when we ride bikes? Because you might fall. Why do football players wear pads when they're they're playing football? You might get hit. In fact, if you're playing good, you're gonna get hit. And when you're really good, watch this, you get hit hard. Some of y'all are so mad that you keep taking hits, but you don't even understand it's because you're very good. The enemy wouldn't come against somebody that wasn't going nowhere, wasn't talking about nothing, but if you keep taking big, hard hits, it's because there's something on the inside of you that scares the hell out of hell they always attack the good player they always attack the threat touch your neighbor and say you're a threat and didn't even know it you're sitting up here thinking I'm so messed up I'm so jacked up me? God says no you don't realize how great you are when I formed you I formed you to be a king and to be a priest to be the head and not the tail to be above and not beneath here it is I sent you to rule and to reign and to conquer and to subdue Touch your name and say, You're going to take some hits. Saying if you're good, you're going to take hard ones from a lot of people. But say, You're so good because the God in you, you know how to take a hit and get right back up. Yeah, yeah, hit me if you want to. Watch me bounce back. Mess with me if you want to. Watch me bounce back. Took an L the other day, but I bounce back. Watch. He says, for a righteous man may fall seven times and rise again. And I said this to you last week. Don't worry about the fall as long as you got one more get up. There's going to be some times in life where you just want to throw in the towel on everything and everybody and, and leave a letter on your life saying, I quit life. But as long as you got another bounce back. And here's the deal. You only need one more rise than you had falls. So to somebody who says, Bishop, I took a big fall last year. You only need one more rise. To somebody that says, it seems like I lost the best thing that ever happened to me. You only need one more rise. It says, for a righteous man may fall seven times and rise again. What's that mean? He falls forward. He's choosing to get up again and keep it moving. But the wicked shall fall by calamity. How do you know whether or not you really watch this, keep God first? It's found in how you fall. If, if, if when you fall, watch this, it's a calamitous fall. Well, might be wicked. And watch says, For some of y'all, you got friends who be calling you in the middle of their calamity. And they stuck on the floor. And, and watch this. And you're trying to speak to them as if they're you. Not realizing only the righteous get to rise up again. But if you choose not to love Jesus, if you choose to not uh, put him first, if you choose to be against... It's amazing to me because we live in a generation now where folk will talk about you for going to church. Folk will talk about you for putting God first. Folk will talk about you for serving. Folk will talk about you for giving. So when they fall, watch this, when they fall, ain't no get up. It's just got to be calamity. That's why some of the folk you know are still stuck and they fall from 84. But say the righteous. Somebody say that's me. Now, in biblical numerology, seven means completion. So in other words, falling forward, it actually makes us better. Why did he say seven times? Why didn't he say four? Why didn't he say five? Why didn't he say six? Why didn't he say eight? Why didn't he say nine? Because seven means completion. So in other words, when you love Jesus, watch this, falling forward makes you better because it gives you what you lack. And sometimes you've got to take an L so you value a win. Sometimes you need a loss, so you value a win. Sometimes you need to be fired, so you value being hired. Sometimes you need to lose the car, so you can value driving. Sometimes you need to lose the house, so you can value shelter. Sometimes you need to lose the good relationship, so that you can get into an I-continue relationship, so you discover not to run good things away from you. Y'all ain't talking to me. Sometimes you need to take an L, so you value the W. And last Sunday's message, Nike, just do it. We learned that sometimes we fail because our plans are plagued by the people in the plan. And we discovered three personality types that can plague our plans. These are really toxic personalities. Y'all remember them LMAs? Y'all remember? Now, not LMA boot up, not her. L-M-A's. Watch this. Lot's. Lot's, uh, Lot was Abraham's nephew. And Lot's name in Hebrew, that's the language of our Old Testament, it means hidden motives that cause strife. And these are people that are very close to you, so you normally miss their motives because of how close they are to you. Whenever people, watch this, do not have the same motives, there will be unnecessary strife about things that don't matter. Some people that are on your team don't actually have the intention of winning, they just have the intention of being next to a winner. They want to vicariously receive the benefit of being close to somebody that gets things done. They just don't want to get anything done themselves, which is why it's so difficult to get simple things done with them because their motive isn't the same. See, everybody could be in church and not have the same motives. Some folks didn't come to get the word. Some folks came to shop. Shopping is an old school church, term, which means they're looking for, they're trying to do the other element. They're trying to get booed up. Y'all ain't talking to me. Some some folk, watch this, on your job, they didn't come to actually do the job well. They just came to get checked. Which is why checklists don't never get done right. Process don't never get followed. Stuff never gets done the way it's supposed to get done. Because they didn't come with the same motives. Somebody say motives. motives. Motives matter because it determines your behavior. It also determines how you act when something goes wrong. See, people with the right motors will fight through a storm. People with the wrong motors will use a storm as a reason to stop fighting. Say lots. How many of you from last Sunday's message, and if you didn't hear that one, that's cool. Uh, you learned that you had some lots in your life. You learned you had some lots in your life. Okay, cool, 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 cool. All right. Now, now, remember, these people are close to you, so close to you that you missed the motors. They started fighting over stuff, and it was really interesting because the stuff Lot had, Abraham gave him. She's like, how are you going to fight over what I gave you and you didn't have nothing until I gave it to you? And then you're going to fight with me about the stuff I gave you. Second type of person was Miriam's L.M. Here's the M. Miriam's Miriam was Moses sister. And what's significant about it is her name in Hebrew. That's the language of our Old Testament. Her name means rebellious. Rebellion is when you willfully deviate from what you were told to do. Rebellion says, do it this way. Uh, You do it this way. Rebellion is, stand over here. Rebellion says, I'm going to stand over here. Rebellion says, don't do it that way. And then watch what rebellion will do. Well, I did it this way, but here's why I did it. Okay, watch this. It means bitter. Some of the folk in your life are bitter, which is why they give you so much trouble. They don't have a problem with you. They have a problem with seven folk ago. And then, watch this, it means strong water that won't be tamed. That's what her name means, Miriam. So, now remember, in these personality types, Lot, Miriam, and Achan, these are spirits. These are toxic personalities. So it could be a man or a woman. Never look at a name in the Bible and, and confine it to a sex, a male or female, because a name reflects a personality. A personality reflects a spirit. A spirit in Scripture represents a mindset. So whenever you see this mindset of Miriam, you'll recognize it, because Miriam slowed down your plan, so you spend all of your time trying to tame the strong water rather than them flowing with you. How do I identify Miriam Bishop? They're complainers and they question everything. They have seven reasons why something can't work and can't come up with one of why it can. Y'all not talking to me, and because they're so bitter, everything is so difficult. Everybody else in the circle is smiling, but them. Everybody else in the circle is standing with joy, but them. Everybody else is excited about the task, but them. Everybody else is looking forward to getting it done, but them. And you gotta always pull them to the side to say, "What's wrong? What's going on?" Well, some of you need to tell Miriam, "Get to stepping," because I'm not pulling you to the corner for the most side conversations. You and your little stink attitude can kick the road, Jack and Jill. Y'all not talking. Anybody recognize some Miriams that you had in your life? You spend too much time trying to tame the strong water because it won't flow with you. So you spend all of your time over and over and over and over again going over the same things with them because they won't be tamed. They like to pretend like they're tame. How do you really recognize a Miriam? They will never watch this. Come say it to you. They will go say it to somebody else. Miriam didn't have the guts to go say it to Moses. She was too much of a punk. Miriam went and said it to Aaron, which was Miriam's brother and Aaron's bro- uh, and Moses' brother. She said it to him, and then he just sat there like a weak dude and just said, yeah, I think so too. When what Aaron should have did is say, shut your mouth and I'm going to go tell him what you said. Uh, Miriam never says it to you. They're too weak. When I say punk, I mean weak. Don't be offended. It's the Bible. They, they won't say it to you. Right. See, some of y'all yesterday, that's just folks didn't say to you when you left them, they called and told somebody what they wouldn't say to you. Whenever you find a Miriam, you better shut her down because bitterness loves company. Misery loves company. And you know her real problem with you is that you happy. Her real problem with you is you're joyful. Her real problem with you is that you say, I will bless the Lord at all times and his praise shall continually be in my mouth. And Miriam doesn't understand how after all the hell you've been through, how in the world you still got joy. But this joy that I have, the world didn't give it, and the world can't take it away. Then you have Achan, and Achan, and Achan, and Achan is a troublemaker. That, that, that's what it means. Um, it's a troublemaker. Achan was this guy. He he was he was he was an accomplished leader who worked uh, with Joshua and for Joshua. Joshua, you know, was the, the uh, successor of Moses. Now, Achan's name in Hebrew means troublemaker. He was deliberately disobedient and made what should have been an easy win. A stunning defeat. What Achan does is Achan is slightly different than Miriam. Miriam's motives are bitterness. See, I bet you, and we're going to get into this in a minute. See, all of these were toxic personalities. I wonder what man hurt Miriam that made her treat every other man that way. I wonder what happened to Lot that made him so stingy and selfish and the stuff he had he didn't even work to get. But then when you look at Achan, Achan, Achan was this guy who God says, I want y'all to go decimate these people. I'm giving you the victory. He says, and don't take anything because everything from these people that you're about to plunder is cursed. He said, everything they have, even though it's good, it's not God. It's cursed. Sometimes you watch this, not you, but somebody you know, they will compromise right to try to get something, not realizing what they got was cursed because of how they got it. <laughs> Yo, y'all, y'all, y'all want to talk. So, so, so God says to them, he says, I don't want you all to take anything from these people because they're cursed. They're pagans, and the stuff they have, they've been playing spells and curses and witchcraft over. So you may grab it thinking you just got some money, not realizing the money that you got had something spoken over it that's now in your house, y'all. Yo, yo. You may think, watch this. You may think, oh, I'm just helping somebody out, not realizing you moved a witch into your house. Okay, <laughs> I'm just helping somebody out, not realizing you moved a warlock into your house. You, 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 you got somebody crazy on your phone, and now they're spewing words, in you, and you'll say they just talking. No, John six sixty three says every word is a spirit, which means there's something behind the word that's being said. So, so he's a troublemaker, and he's deliberately disobedient. So Achan takes these things that God specifically says don't take anything. And the Bible says that they lose this easy, this battle. It should have been easy. It was so easy, he said, don't even send up the whole army. We don't even need everybody to go. Just send 3,000 guys. Joshua sends 3,000 guys, and a few of these guys are, are attacked. And the Bible says their hearts melt, and they all give up. When you have an Aiken around you, they will make you give up. You missed it. You will take on their negativity and it will become yours. You will feel good until Aiken walks in the room. And when Aiken walks in the room, all of a sudden you're deflated. And you're not deflated because you're being encouraged to be better, you're being deflated because a witch just walked into your presence. In case you're confused when I use the term witch, don't go Halloween on me. No, not that. No. The term witch, watch this. uh, The Bible says rebellion is as the sin of witchcraft. So when I say witch, watch this. It means somebody that is intentionally and deliberately defiant. That's a witch according to the scriptures. Based on that definition. Let me move on. Achan, Achan turned what should have been, what should have been a very easy win into a stunning defeat Joshua starts praying and he's like God how did this happen and you know what the Lord says check this out say, check this out God says stop praying there's a certain point in life where God says I don't want to hear your prayer no more I'm ready for you to take some action I think there's some people in this place today, but that's where you're at. God is like, okay, we prayed about this seven times. We didn't pray about this too many times. At this point, it's time for you to get up off your blessed assurance and take some action. Just do it. He says, get up, Joshua. He says, get up. I want you to get up because I'm sick of hearing you pray. He said, I'll tell you why you lost. There's sin in the camp. Somebody took something cursed and they hiding it. He said, wake up in the morning, go camp by camp, and find who did it. And when you find who did it, handle it. You know what most of us do when we find who do it? We know it. We don't handle it. If you are unafraid, if you are too afraid to confront certain people, and to confront, the other day I, I, something happened, I had, to, I had to deal with something. so I just said, and I said, done. I said, because what I will not do is know that and tolerate that. Y'all ain't talking. There's some folk in your life, you know what they doing. And you'll sit up and just smile and not say nothing. Talking about I'm being a good Christian. You ain't being a good Christian, you're being a weak aching. You're not hearing me. You need to go call him and say, listen, for the last time are you going to do this and cause drama in my family, cause drama in my bloodline, cause drama in my church, cause drama on my job. for the la- You ain't bringing that mess up around here. Somebody holler detox. detox. What well, should have been an easy of Sunday defeat. So they go, they go temp by temp and Aiken gets all his time to tell the truth and he doesn't. And then finally the lot falls on him. The lot falls on him and Joshua says to him, my son, what have you done? Which tells us that Akins are close. (laughs) He says, my son, what have you done? He says, tell the whole truth. So he tells the truth. And he's like, I can't believe you did this. We lost because of you, son. So because we lost, you got to die. Now, don't take this literally. Because if you don't snap, I promise you, I'm not coming to see you. (laughs) I'll send you a letter, though look he says you have to die they stoned Achan watch this and everybody related to Achan and everything Achan owned they stoned them to death and they said Achan you are going to learn how's he going to learn he's no 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 because he's dead (laughs) I bet you won't do that again huh There are certain things you know about but won't kill, which is why it keeps killing you. Y'all ain't talking to me. You know it. When you walk into the house, you sensed it, and you did nothing. You know what really ticked God off about Adam? Adam sat there and watched Eve talk to a serpent, and he said nothing. He wasn't even mad that they had messed up. He was like, who told you that? He said, you sat there and watched her talk and you did nothing? Then what do I need you for? Because when you're a leader, once you know there's a problem and you do nothing about it, you are now the problem. Watch this. Lots, Miriams, Aikens. Do it with me. One more again. Here's the trip you can be them in your own life and not even know it so sometimes you will fail because you're toxic and don't know it come on y'all let's get healed today come on church let's get healed today Part of living the Christian life is detoxing daily because we don't become toxic overnight. It happens over time, but that's because we don't detox daily. And I'm going to tell us most of us, in fact, all of us need a detox today. We're in this spiritual time where the Bible commands us to detox. And I'm going to tell you, everybody, somebody say everybody, everybody. in the church, in the church. detox yes, it. Now, some of y'all used to saying other words right there. But won't he make a way? What? D reads remove. D-E, remove. Say remove. remove. Toxic means anything containing poisonous material capable of causing sickness or death. Aiken had to literally die. You know, it was a trip. Because his family knew about it, they had to die too. Because they enabled him. And when you become an enabler, God now counts you as the perpetrator. Y- y'all, 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 y'all don't want to say that. It's something you need to tell some folk in your life, I love you, but I know and I got to say something. To you. And you may not like me no more, I'm cool with that. You may not talk to me no more, I'm cool with that. You may tell everybody this, that, and the other, I'm cool with that. But because I know I got to say something. Why in the world would I be the light of the world and not say nothing when I walk in a dark place? And it's not being judgmental because I tell the truth. Because when I tell you the truth, I got to tell myself the truth about myself. So I'm not trying to tell you this to beat you down. I'm telling you this because I want for both of us to have life and life more abundantly. Because some of us won't say anything when we see LMAs because we don't want to seem like we're being judgmental. Now, realizing me saying something is not being judgmental. Me saying something is me seeing. Listen, if I see you about to walk in a ditch and I don't say something... (laughs) Okay, the, the hurricane that just happened this last weekend, and, and we pray for those that lost their lives. I believe the last count I saw was seven. And we pray for those that lost their lives. Check this out. So, so you mean to tell me the weather service warning them was judgmental? That wasn't being judgmental because I said, hey, the storm's out on the ocean. Some of y'all know this old church song, and it's moving this way. It's an old church song. If you know that one, you grew up with us with white gloves if you know that one. That's not being judgmental. That's saying, look, there's storm surge coming, tornadoes coming, and all I'm telling you is I can see it. I just wanted you to know that it was out there. That ain't being judgmental. Oh, and why I'm telling you, I'm telling me too. (laughs) Because it rains on the just and the unjust. Say detox. When you don't detox, here's what happens. What matters begins to deteriorate. begins to fall apart. When you don't detox, what should be easy is difficult. When you don't detox, you're dysfunctional. And here's the tip about dysfunction. You can function for many years being dysfunctional, but eventually those dysfunctional ways will deal with you. Yeah. Many people don't see dysfunction as dysfunction until it begins to deal with them. And there's an example I'll wait to use uh, f- for several messages. I'll wait to use it. But you can think you're getting away with things for years in life and th- because you get so used to your dysfunction until one day your dysfunction looks back at you and then it says... ah out and then eventually your dysfunction begins to deal with you see for many of us uh in in our upbringing and our culture all that uh you, you are brought up in very dysfunctional environments that you have to learn how to function in so consequently you learn to be a functional dysfunctional person and then Jesus comes and says, let me give you life. And then we say to him, I'm good. Everything's fine. And he's like, no, what about this dysfunction? And you're trying to prove to him how that dysfunction is functioning. And he's saying, I'm trying to save you because you're 20-something now. But by the time you're 60, it's going to deal with you. You're 40-something now, but by the time you're 70, it's going to deal with you. I'm trying to help you now before it deals with you later. Because either way, it has to be dealt with. Are y'all hearing what I'm saying? Well, I says, when, when you don't detox, you disguise. This is what Adam did, because even though he was in God's presence, check this out, church. Even though he was in God's presence, he tried to disguise reality. So he was never delivered. Think about it. Adam is walking with Elohim, El Shaddai, Jehovah, Yahweh, YHWH, the Great I. He's walking with him, trying to hide from him because he's so toxic, he thinks he can fool God. <laughs> Bible says he walked with him in the cool of the day. God raised him, which, 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 which helped me because, because sometimes when you're a leader, you can be disappointed when you look at the fruit of those that you've invested in. And it helped me because I looked at it and I said, well, if God fathering Adam, and he was like that, and God fathered him, shoot, I'm good then, if Judas and John had the same bishop, same leader, same spiritual father, same pastor, and one of them got it, and one of them committed suicide because he was so arrogant he wouldn't apologize, (laughs) then it made me feel good, and I knew that I would. Because I was like, well, cool. Well, if God even didn't have 100% success, praise him. Y'all ain't saying nothing. Some of you in life, you can feel like a failure because you don't have success with people you tried to help. If even Adam tried to play God, some folk going to try to play you. Adam is being raised by God. Walking through the garden in the cool of the day, the Bible says. It's the cool of the day. They're walking through. And then Adam makes this fatal mistake. And the scripture says that he heeds the voice of Eve. Serpent there doesn't mean snake. See, you for years have thought that in the garden there was a tree with an apple and a snake. That's not, that's not in the Bible. First off, it wasn't an apple. It was fruit. And Fruit in Hebrew is an idiom for sex. Secondly, it doesn't call him a snake. It calls him a serpent. A serpent in Hebrew means deceiver. So now watch this. We've changed the whole narrative of the story because we're dealing with sex and lies. Y'all ain't ain't talking. And the Bible says, Adam watches Eve speak to and then watches Eve eat. Well, what did she eat? She didn't eat. She laid down. This is too heavy for Sunday. Let me. I forgot I'm in Denver. I can't teach like this. She laid down, and he watched, and then he partook. All right, this is too much, y'all. All 'all, all right, let's move on. So, 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 so Adam watches Eve speak to a deceiver, and he does nothing. He uses none of the authority he has. He's the son of God, the original in Hebrew, the image and likeness of God. And he says nothing. And when he makes this mistake, check this out, nothing happens. Doesn't say nothing happens. Then God comes down one day, and the Bible says after they eat of this fruit, that their eyes are open, and they saw they were naked. So they made coverings. You're dangerous when you try to cover yourself. That's why God gives you spiritual covering. You ain't supposed to cover yourself. Really what they were doing is making a disguise. Stick with me, 930. So when they make a disguise, he's hiding from her, she's hiding from him, and they're both hiding from God. Which explains what happens in so many marriages today. we together, but you can't see me, I can't see you, and neither of us think God can see us. Y'all don't want to talk. So, so, so. God comes down and he says, where y'all at? Bible says they heard him and they hid. Which means, watch this, sometimes, watch this, sometimes, sometimes what sends us into hiding is when we hear the voice that we need to run to. Bible says that, that, that Adam and his wife, here it is, hid themselves from the presence of the Lord God <laughs> amongst the trees. <laughs> I, I don't understand how many levels of stupid But let's ask ourselves that question. Let's reverse it. Because it's easy to look at Adam and be like, pah, silly rabbit. Okay, turn the mirror, though. You really think you're running from God because you moved to Detroit? You you really think running to Memphis is gonna keep you from, from the Lord? You really think running to that? You really think God don't see I'm just I'm I'm just I'm I'm just I'm not see i am just i am just i am i am just i am not going to do that right now. I'm just gonna stay away from God. I'm gonna stay away from church. And watch this. And God'll walk up to whatever club or bar or whatever you walk him to, and he'll sit there right next to you. Saying, Do you gonna have another? If you make your bed in hell, I'll be with you. I invested too much into you for you to just decide how you're gonna do it. No, you didn't pay the price for you, I paid the price for you. The Bible says, if you make your bed in hell, he's there. It's hot, ain't it? (laughs) I told you. I love you, though. Watch this. And he disguises himself. Say disguise. So the Lord says to him, he says, Adam, what you been doing? Did you do what I said not to? Huh? Whenever somebody answers with huh, you already know. I'm just about through. He he says, he says, huh? Basically. (laughs) He says, huh? And God is like, what y'all been doing? Did you do what I said not to do? That's a yes or no question. What does Adam do? The woman. Here's what I want to ask you. If Adam is in the image and likeness of God as he is, and Eve is in the image and likeness of Adam, which she is, when did they get toxic? They got toxic from the conversations that they didn't check. While she's talking to a deceiver who's listening, Adam, who, who gets toxic? Both. They get toxic because they wouldn't check the conversations they were having. Here's the trip. If you ask them, they'd say, we weren't doing them but talking. And God will say, that's exactly how you got Toxic you hear what I'm saying? Uh, say disguise. Now, now uh, uh, Adam tried to disguise reality so he was never delivered. And when you don't detox, not only do you deteriorate, not only is what should be easy becomes difficult, not only do you have dysfunction, not only do you try to disguise, but here's the last thing. You become detached from God so that you don't love him how he loves you. What do you mean, I don't love him how he loves me? He gave his life so you could live. So we give our lives back to him so others can live you check it out that, 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 that's what it is so when you're detached from somebody you no longer are concerned with pleasing somebody some of y'all just got an answer to what you prayed for with that right there see when someone is detached from you they no longer care what you think they no longer care how you view it they no longer care how you feel because they have detached so because i have detached what you think no longer matters so what happens is, Adam is detached. Lots mirroring them achens. They're detached. They disguise. They're dysfunctional. Easy stuff is difficult. And what matters is deteriorating. So the question becomes, Bishop, how do I detox? Anybody want to know? Here it is. Number one. I only got two points today. How many points? Two. two. There you go. You got it. Uh, and I'm gonna make them real simple for you. We're gonna alliterate. You ready? test everything for toxicity test everything somebody said everything 1st Thessalonians 5:21 you said bishop give me a scripture my pleasure 1st Thessalonians 5:21 i don't remember that part of my teaching yet from <laughs> my spanish lessons 5:21 test all things how many things Five. don't test your mama though No, 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 no. Especially test her because she's close. Don't test your daddy, though. No, no, no. What does the Bible say? Test all things. Then he says, hold fast. Hold on to what's good. What does that infer? Drop was toxic. If you had, I was watching Black Panther yesterday on the Netflix. And and uh, what's the, the bad one? Uh-huh. Killmonger. See, I don't even care to know his name. He's toxic. <laughs> now, the lady come up to, came up to him and was, you know, racially profiling him as he was going through the museum. That's what he said. She says, you've had security watching me and all that. And, and, and all of that. And then, and, and, and she was so concerned, and he said, you're so concerned about watching me, you, you stopped paying attention to what you were drinking. Some of us are so busy watching that we ain't paying attention to what we're drinking. <laughs> Somebody say all things. all things. Some of us think that certain things are so safe, we don't check them to see if they've grown toxic. Bible says, test what? All things. That's a noun. People place things and ideas. And hold fast or keep what's good. That means drop what's not good. In other words, once I see it's bleach, I drop it. <laughs> I don't try to add more water to it to diffuse its toxic nature watch this now to test something say how did i do that bishop how did you get a test in school they asked questions there it is you ask questions like is this pleasing to god what's the bible say about this does this lure me away from jesus does this lure me away from church sometimes it's really obvious like should i watch this movie debbie does dallas no can we hang out if that means gossiping about people at church dealing drugs and writing bad checks no Come to me with this party and let's have some socks before we go to the strip club. Let's let's do it now because we got church in the morning. No. Or somebody saying, it's okay to test the milk before you buy the cow. No, that's called being a, no, don't do that. Some things are obvious. Okay, please, don't y'all leave me hanging. (laughs) Some things are obvious. Some things are super obvious. Sometimes they're not as obvious. That's why we have to know the word, which is why we're uh, almost done, all the way done, putting all past messages on our YouTube channel and on our podcast so that you can have life-giving messages 24-7 so you can never say, I didn't know because you had a word at your fingertips. Here's what we sometimes say. Here's what American Christianity says, and it's not Bible. Just let your conscience be your guide. Follow your heart. That ain't scripture. Here's why you can't trust your conscience. 1 Timothy 4.2. It says it's seared. You know what seared means? You have an iron something and left it there too long, and now it's got that little iron imprint. And you, watch this, okay? Full disclosure. And you think you're gonna make the ironing board go back to how it was? So you put a little water to moisten the irons and spot. I'm the only one ever that's done that, huh? Look what the Bible says. It says it says the conscience gets seared with a hot iron. So you will make life and make God's word or view of something what you want it to be because all you did was keep ironing it until it shut up. It's quiet. So, so you can't say let your conscience be your guide because sometimes your conscience can be seared. And when it's seared, it's desensitized to toxicity. Have you ever gotten around something that, in folk that was so toxic and it wasn't until you were able to have some distance from them to see just how toxic it was? <laughs> Because here's what we might say, y'all. Say detox. detox. We might say, well, it doesn't bother me. Well, maybe it should. It should. There are certain things that should bother us. It should bother us if we're not walking in shalom. It should bother us if we're perpetuating generational. It, it should bother us if we're not walking in love because we're so bitter. We're just walking around with anger and frustration and hatred. It should bother us if we demonize differences. As a way to feel morally superior. You know, American Christianity, here's basically how a lot of American Christianity works. Not how we teach it here, but how a lot of American Christianity works. Is that I'm better than you because I don't do that. So I'm the moral police of the world. And not only am I the moral police of the world, I want to legislate my belief onto you. I ain't going to do it, but I'm going to make a law, so you have to do it. It's the same thing the Pharisees and Sadducees did. It's quiet in the church. Test everything. Test the music you listen to. Yeah. Some of you are feeling good until you put it on, on, on Pandora. And you open her box. <laughs> Pandora's yeah. box. Test the conversations you have. Test the people you interact with. How do I test it? I just ask some questions. Preguntas. In Espanol. See? Yes. Test everything for toxicity test you for toxicity. Why am I so angry about that? You're so busy being so perceptive of everybody else. Ask yourself, why do I holler so much? You should ask yourself, why do I use excessive profanity? (laughs) Excessive. I ain't judging nobody. Just test your neighbor. Say, let's test, test, let's test, let's test. Test ourselves. Test all things. You're a thing. We should test ourselves too. Because here's what it's easy to do when you're a Christian. Look at these toxic people over here. Look at these. In the room right now, you can see everybody else but you. Why? Because I got to take more steps to test me. I got to take out a mirror. I got to open it up. I got to get the light right. I got to see me. It's easy to see you. I don't need to prepare to see you, but to see me, I have to prepare. I have to take steps. I have to take action. Somebody say test everything. everything. Why are you so mad? Maybe not mad. Why are you so passive? Why are you so aggressive? Why are you so (laughs) passive-aggressive? Why are you so melancholy? Why are you so so extra? Now every man in here knows what I mean when I say extra. You were supposed to be home 15 minutes ago. I know exactly how long it takes to get from the store to here. You have been gone 16 minutes and 32 seconds. What's her name? It's (laughs) It's extra. <laughs> it's extra. I'm just trying to give some practical examples. Are y'all follow what I'm saying? Test everything. Somebody say everything. Here's point number two, and I'm done. You ready for it? This is, for. This is, I'm going to bring you a Memphis word. Say abstain from it. Now, here's the whole point. Abstain from it, man. <laughs> say abstain from it, man. Now, now, now it's not Man. It's man, and and, and in Memphis we spell it M-A-N-E. It's another word for friend, man, comrade, dear fellow. Now, why are you doing like that, Bishop? Because you'll remember it. So this week, you may not remember to test everything for toxicity, but watch this. You're going to be trying to remember how to say man, and you're going to see something toxic, and you're going to be like, ah, Bishop told me. (laughs) Abstain from it, man. Abstain from it, man. 1 Thessalonians 5.22, the next verse. 1 Thessalonians 5.22, here's what it says. Abstain from every form of evil. Abstain, that's an action, that's a verb. That means restrain oneself from doing. In other words, toxic, if you've been doing it for a long time, becomes normal. So because it becomes normal, it becomes something that we get so used to doing, we have to stop ourselves from doing it. There are certain conversations you have to stop yourself from having. There are certain people interactions you have to stop yourself from doing. There are certain negative thoughts we can think we have to actually take action to stop ourselves. I'm not the only one, but there are sometimes thoughts bombard your mind, and you have to take action to stop yourself and say, stop thinking like that. Stop thinking defeatist thoughts. Stop thinking negative thoughts. Stop thinking that nothing's going to work for you. He that has begun a good work and you shall perfect it until the day of Christ Jesus. All things are working together for the good of them that love him and are called to code him through his purpose. Abstain from him, man. And that's not even a southern word. That's a Memphis word. So you can tell you, I call my cousins from North Carolina. They won't know nothing about it. It's a 901 thing. Here's why. You can't control poison once it's ingested. Yeah. Let me have that sanitizer there please. The whole bottle. Thank you. Now this has uh, alcohol in it. Yeah. Got it. Yes, sir. And uh, this is Betaine, has got the most of it. Now, if I just had a little bit to drink. Of the sanitizer. I can't control. What it does. Once it's in me. It has to run its course. Which can bring. Discomfort. Lots of other things. Because what comes in. Has to get out. So what's the Bible teach? Don't let it in. Touching him, said, you can't control what poison does once it's ingested. Here it is, 1 Corinthians 5, 6. I'm just about done. We learn in some church? This is what the Bible teachers are supposed to be doing in these 10 days. 1 Corinthians 5, 6. He says, your glorying is not good. This is Apostle Paul writing to the Corinthian church. He's like, y'all are acting so like you're just all of that. He says, your glorying is not good. And then he says, let me tell you why. Do you not know that a little leaven leavens the whole lump? Next verse. He says, verse 7, therefore, purge out the old leaven that you can be a new lump since you uh, truly are unleavened. For indeed, Christ, our Passover, sacrificed for us. Here's what he's saying. He's saying, once there is a little leaven in scripture re- represented sin or error. Got it? He says, once there is a little bit in there, the whole thing's got it. Let, let me give you an example. There was this movie years ago called The Help. And in the movie The Help, one of the help put some, some dog Droppings in a chocolate wasn't it, dog? Oh, it's hers. Oh, God, that makes it worse. Oh, God. It's been a while since I've seen the movie. It was hers. Thank you. That's even grosser. Because I want to know so what she... See, see, I think this way. I'm like, so now how'd she get it? She really wanted to get her back. Because to go off in there, that's disgusting. That's just gross. But the Bible says a dog returns to his own vomit. Sometimes that's the way we look. Going back, grabbing our own mess. Trying to get somebody else back, but not realizing it's on our hands. Y'all not saying nothing to me. You trying to get everybody else back, but you the one got on your hands. Y'all not saying nothing. Watch. She takes... Her own stuff. Gross. Puts it in this chocolate pie. And Minnie, what her name Minnie? Or Mimi, 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 Mimi. Oh, girl. She just, she just eats it. She's like, mmm, this is so good. Mmm, this is so good. Do you think she cared if it was only a little bit? It's just a little bit. That's sometimes how we deal with toxic. It's just a little bit. Now realizing all that is in all the pie. Yeah, yeah, y'all yeah, missing what I'm saying. What's the big deal, Bishop? A little poison goes a long way. And just because everybody does something doesn't make it right. And just because you can do it doesn't mean you should do it. Who would drink a little bleach? A little acid? Just a couple pieces of glass? Just a little dog poop? No hands went up, for the record. Because we look at that and say, I broke yesterday. It was it Friday. I uh, was in the kitchen. First mistake. I was in the kitchen, and I'm getting ready to close. I was in the kitchen. Do not yell right there. I was in the kitchen. Now, I can do breakfast, y'all. It's just lunch and beyond that I, I'm not called to that. You gotta know what you're called to. I'm not called to that. I do breakfast, though. So I was, I was, I'm always on the phone. I'm, I was on the phone and I was cooking. And my turkey sausage was in the oven because I don't believe in a greasy stove. So it was, it was in the oven. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> No, <laughs> it was in the oven, <laughs> it was cooking. And as it was cooking, uh, I had this little glass thing, it, you know, the glass where you're supposed to put it in the oven. It's, you know, oven-rated glass, all right, whatever, Pyrex, whatever, you put it in there. And so my towel was just slightly, very little damp. So you know what happened. But it was only a little bit. You're missing the point. <laughs> I thought it's not wet enough to make the glass break. It was a little bit. Such a neighbor said, just a little bit. See, see, this is what the enemy's been trying to use against you. It's just a little bit. But I think there are some people that say a little bit is too much. Y'all not talking to me. Slap your neighbor, high five, say a little bit is too much. It was just a little bit. It wasn't even that wet. And I took that towel and I went to grab my turkey sausage. All in the oven. And I looked at my two turkey sausage patties. (laughs) And I said, well, I'm hungry, so (laughs) I will clean up when I am done. So I checked the top. Looked all right. Checked the sides. Looked good. Interestingly enough, exactly right there, no glass broke up under. I said, well, this is a sign. (laughs) This is a sign that I get stressed out. To not get all mad and frustrated, (laughs) it's a sign to eat, (laughs) Been clean. Took my turkey sausage patties, I ate. I ate good too. And I ignored, watch this, the mess that was over there for a moment. And then I looked at it and said, now I need to deal with this. Some of you have been eating and not dealing with the broken glass, because you're like, "Well, God is working all things together for my good." That's true, but there's some stuff we need to go and clean up. Old school song. I got to clean up when I mess up. Over. A
0: house.
1: Really. Really, (laughs) 9 30? Y'all know that one. (laughs) Watch. (laughs) Watch. So then I had to clean it up. And it was glass everywhere all in the oven, all on the floor, all in the little thing under the stage. This was glass everywhere. And so I said, My goodness, I got all this stuff to do. It was inconvenient, it was annoying, it was frustrating. And somebody said, just, just have somebody, just have somebody do it. I said, by the time somebody get here to do it, I could have did it myself. I said, you know, I want to make sure it's done right. Because if I put my foot on this floor and there's some leftover glass, there's going to be some smoke in the city. So, 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 I had to clean up this mess. It took me, it took me a good amount of time I had to clean up the mess. I started clogging the vacuum. No, mine is built to handle glass, thank you. Y'all trying to judge me, sir. So. It's built to handle it. So so it's built to handle those types of things. It's got the whole double feature. So I'm cleaning up, cleaning up, cleaning up. The glass is picking up. Glass is picking up. It gets stuck at a certain point. And then it's awkward because the way I got to get in there to get it, to get from up under the thing. So I'm stretching. It's awkward. It's uncomfortable. It doesn't feel good. I'm I'm aggravated. I'm I'm angry. I got other stuff to do. But I realize I've got to deal with the broken glass. And I came to tell somebody, and I'm getting ready to close. You may have some situations that are uncomfortable. You don't want to face. You don't want to deal with. You don't want to look at. But touch your neighbor and say, deal with it somebody else say deal with it there's some detoxing we've got to do because we can't take it into this new spiritual year and we've got to deal with it somebody holler say deal with it lot he bounced back after his father's death but he was toxic Miriam she had a high position in the church and was a prophet but she was toxic Achan was an accomplished leader he was a family man but he was toxic They never dealt with their toxicity, so their toxicity dealt with them. If I had left that glass there on Friday and came back when I came back, please understand, it was still going to be there. If I had decided not to deal with it on Friday night and woke up on Saturday morning, it still would be there. If I decided not to deal with it on Saturday and say, I'm just going to deal with this tomorrow, it's still going to be there. It doesn't leave because I ignore it. So, say, Father, in Jesus' name, show me where I need a detox. Show me in me what's poisonous, what's toxic, and give me the grace to deal with it so it doesn't deal with me. I release anger, hurt, bitterness, unforgiveness against others and myself. Forgive me for letting toxic stuff get in between us. Today, give me the grace to detox. I'm dealing with it. Hope you have a phenomenal day. Hey, congratulations.
0: holiday ah feel the whoa with Listerine at BJ's you can save two dollars and fifty cents now on Listerine products like Total Care Anti-Cavity Fluoride Fresh Mint Mouthwash or Cool Mint Pocket Packs Fresh Breath Strips at your nearest BJ's location experience the feeling of a million germs zapped in seconds with Listerine discount available through December 24th save now only at BJ's